Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. It's mentally yours from Ellen and Yvette. A focus on your mental health you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Hi everyone, and welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly mental health podcast. I'm Yvette, and this week I'm speaking to dancer Kelly Marshall. We're going to be chatting about lockdowns, loneliness, and the Samaritans. I think I really struggled to be honest with the last few years um the novelty like that initially happened obviously it was never a good thing but the sort of having time off work and having like time to do things it kind of wore off quite quickly for me I was living on my own at the time I only just moved into my own place for about five months at that point um and I was kind of just adjusting to like doing things by myself and getting um sort of sorted in my situation um and just trying to, so I kind of liked the fact that I lived by myself, but could go out and see other people. And when that social aspect was taken away, it was just me and my thoughts sort of in this box room because I was in a house share. And it kind of just, it really got on top of me. I didn't even notice to start with, but the more sort of time passed and I wasn't talking to people, I wasn't seeing people, I could see it sort of physically and mentally kind of affecting me. And as the months sort of rolled on, and I couldn't do like my job or the things I enjoyed or see the people I love. It kind of just got to the point where I was like, what kind of is the point at that point? So it's kind of, it, was, it wasn't the best past year at all. Yeah, I think lots of us sort of relate to that. It really sort of was difficult, wasn't it? In terms of, I think I said at the time, it just felt like my world was getting smaller and smaller. You know, you, you couldn't go out in the same way. You couldn't see people in the same way. It was just... Yeah, it was very isolating, I think. Um, do you mind me asking, have you struggled with your mental health previously? 
or was it the first time that you'd sort of felt things were getting tricky? Um, no, so I have, I do have a big sort of history of mental health problems and um, issues. Like um, it kind of started, um, my job is a dancer. Um, I've been training since I was two to be a dancer. So that's sort of the industry I've been brought up in. And it's quite a toxic industry, sort of physically and mentally. And things like eating disorders and anxiety and things like that are really common. And it kind of becomes a trend in some ways because you want to be the skinniest person in the room that's doing the most hours it's taking the least breaks so from sort of the age 12 to 13 um I developed an eating disorder and um, which sort of led into anxiety um and I started having regular panic attacks to the point that I couldn't really function anymore um and that kind of did phase out as I sort of turned 16 and could kind of go to college and do what I loved full time um and then sort of a few years after that especially with the pandemic all of those sort of feelings came back because my sort of support network and the support of building the job that I loved got taken away like the drive and the motivation to sort of keep going and keep pushing down the road that I saw it kind of just felt like a roadblock just came in the way and I was just stuck and I was like well I haven't got a purpose now and all those feelings of when I was younger and just felt scared and like what am I doing in this room kind of all came back in a sort of similar way yeah it must have been really hard I mean were you able to still dance I mean it must have been hard for lots of performers because you couldn't perform in the same way um were you able to sort of do anything remotely or do anything from home or was it just not possible um we did a couple of remote things for like teaching and stuff but performing arts and like entertainment was the first thing to go like theatres got shut day one and they were the last things to open like we're still kind of feeling the effects now you still can't have full capacity at things so it kind of did just feel like the whole of dance just got taken away and like we would record the odd thing on zoom and things but there was no inspiration I didn't want to like dancing in my bedroom is not the same as sort of going out and doing things and sort of interacting and like having my students in front of me and choreographing for them rather than just me recording myself doing a dance and then just sending it off to them and then they probably didn't even do it because they had no like aspirational motivation to sort of get up and go either so it kind of just felt like hitting your head against a wall because I just you need the space to be a dancer you can't just do it in your house really as much as we kind of tried three lockdowns later it got to the point where it was like I don't want to dance in my room anymore like this that isn't for me Mm. I mean I don't do on a professional level but um with singing I found a similar thing you know because I absolutely love choirs and I really really missed choirs obviously that was the the worst possible thing you could do during the pandemic unfortunately was get together in a room with a bunch of people and be you know that close to them and be singing at them and that was one of the worst things I was saying but in terms of my mental health I think I really miss that because there's something about kind of being with a group of people. I I wonder if it's the same with dance. I think that anything creative is like a working together kind of thing. And when you take away that teamwork aspect, it's kind of like you are just left quite vulnerable on your own. It is nice to have like a group of singers or dancers or anything around you to sort of just keep you going through. Like that makes complete sense. I think we, I mean, we've, we have covered this a bit, but what do you think about, what do you think it was about lockdown and the pandemic that was so challenging in terms of everyone's mental health? I think it was um, a lot of people, myself included, just kind of go, 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 like constantly fill my day up with things. 
and it was like someone just forced you to stop and just be like here you are here's your own thoughts that you've been ignoring for x amount of years you've got all the time in the world just be in your head kind of thing and especially as someone that lived by themselves it was just like oh I'm gonna just sit in my room and think all these feelings that I've been trying to like outrun for the last 20 years um and I think that's kind of what got on top of a lot of people and then not having the sort of social place to kind of get those outbursts out and confide in a friend like if you didn't message a friend that you were feeling sad there was no way that they'd know you were sad unless you know they physically saw you and even then you could see each other for like 10 minutes in a park it's pretty good to pretend that you're doing okay at that point and then go home and do whatever for the next 23 hours like it did allow people just to sort of be in their heads how did things sort of come to a head for you in terms of your mental health because I know you ended up reaching out for help from the Samaritans um, but how did sort of things progress get to that point? I'd had a pretty rough period leading up um, to Christmas as a lot of people did um, when Christmas was sort of on and off and not knowing whether you were going to be able to see family and obviously like I said previously because I lived alone I had to rely on the rules being that you could go to another household to see my family. Um, I was working night shifts at that point as well, um, six days a week sometimes. So I'd just go work in a supermarket, do my night shift, go home, sleep and sort of repeat. Um, And it kind of got to the point, like I said earlier, with sort of relapsing back into the eating disorder. But this time I wanted to have like control over one thing in my life because everything else was being dictated for me. And I was like, well... I can't have control on all these other aspects. So I'm going to control what I do with my body and I'm going to just basically punish it. I'm going to just binge and eat and then starve it and then eat again and just drink whatever I fancy to sort of numb any thoughts that might have crept in and then just going and going and going. And it kind of got to the point where January um, last year, I just looked in the mirror and I was like two stone heavier than I'd ever been in my whole life. I looked ill I was just massive for me. Like when I just didn't feel like I was in my own body. And it got to the point one day where I just sat in my house and I was like, if I disappear right now, who's really going to care, you know? Um, So I just thought, I don't want to be here anymore. Dance isn't coming back. My only purpose in life is dance. That's gone, so... I might as well be gone too and tried to end it obviously unsuccessfully um and it was it's a place that I never ever want to be again and it's not it is you can slip back into those thoughts it's not like a cured and done kind of thing um but I shocked myself into sort of coming back round and being like well that's not like ringing your mum after you've done that to yourself and trying to explain to her that I've tried to kill myself but now I'm ringing you hearing my mum's voice after that was scared me into like ever doing that again um and that's kind of where I ended that's the sort of the worst of it do you mind me asking because one thing that sort of stood out for me a bit in that um and I'm really sorry you went through that but it was kind of interesting to me that you mentioned working nights because I know that can be quite tough in terms of mental health. Um, 
are you are really are you still doing those nights or have you changed your hours now because i mean i used to work nights for the newspaper and actually i, I was I felt so much better when I was back sort of working days. I know it's not possible because some some jobs it's just unavoidable. Um, but what's your situation now? Yeah, the moment I could, I went back working days. Um, I, uh, April, I think, last year, I, I sort of recognised that was a big contributing factor to my sadness. I wasn't seeing the sunlight. I wasn't seeing other people. So the moment I could go back to day shifts and then eventually drop all my shifts back and then go back to dance, I did. Are you back to working days now? Um, yeah, no, completely. I um, The moment I could go back to day shifts um, last April, I did, and then eventually drop all my shifts back so I could go into dance full-time. I think I noticed pretty soon that night shifts and not seeing people during the day was having a negative effect, not seeing the sunlight, not going outside, um, really sort of made everything worse. Yeah, I mean, I really relate to that just because from having done night shifts... Even, I mean, the ones that I did was with a lovely team of people. So that kind of helped to buoy me up. But when I switched back to just daylights and sort of natural rhythms, I think that does really help. Could we go sort of back a bit to um, when you reached out to chat to your mum? Was it she that suggested chatting to Samaritans or at, at what point did you decide to ring them? I rang Samaritans first um, as sort of like a panic helpline. I didn't really know what else to do and I'd helped friends and stuff before in a similar situation so I thought I'll ring them first and then ring my mum. I suppose what was it that sort of made you want to contact them first and and was it fairly easy? I mean it's a tricky one is it isn't it because there's a few different charities out there now now whether it's sort of text or email or anything like that um but how I suppose why did you sort of reach for them and how did you feel about the conversation afterwards? I think I reached for them because I knew that they were, um, that was their speciality and they would have the most sort of resources and answers um, for that point. Like I said, I've known friends that have sort of gone through them or fundraised for them. Um, and it wasn't a nice chat like to have. It's not a chat that I really remember, but it it definitely helped it talked me down it calmed me down it's just good to know there's someone there isn't that because I mean I've rung them a few times not for a while now but like in my past when I've sort of twice because I've got bipolar disorder so once when I was very depressed and then another time when I was kind of just all over the place really I suppose sort of borderline sort of hypermanic um but it is good to know isn't it that, that they're they're just to talk anytime you know you don't have to be suicidal you can be sort of in any sort of state of mind but they are there to just listen um what would you say to anyone thinking of calling or emailing them I'd say if it's in your mind do it it's not a thing that you have to call or ring if you're at your last resort it's something that can help you early on it's probably better to contact them early on so you don't do any actual harm to yourself it's better to get in there sooner and they will just chat to you even if that's just sort of what you want you just need somebody to listen um my advice would be just contact them or even just check out the website and drop an email if you don't want to actually talk to anybody there's constant like live chats and hotlines and things available out there I do kind of believe it's better just to talk yeah absolutely and do you think that reaching out to them 
kind of made subsequent conversations with your friends and family um, a bit easier? Yeah, it helped me process sort of what I was feeling. Um, my whole thing was that I, I feel like a burden on people. Um, and especially during lockdown, like I said earlier, if you have to reach out to somebody for them to know you're not okay, if you don't reach out to them, they're not going to know you're not okay. And your friends are sort of there for a reason. And I found out, like, that that was the case. Like, I dropped a message to, like, a few of my friends and they all replied instantly. Um, And it was nice to know there was a support network there that I hadn't really sort of considered before past my parents. It's hard, isn't it? I mean, I think it's that initial, once you sort of start talking about it with friends, um, even if it's just a text, it's just kind of getting the ball rolling and just sort of saying the words, whether it's sort of depression or whatever it is you're struggling with. Yeah. And sometimes um, I find friends can know you better than family at times. Obviously, like your family is like, I love my family more than anything, but your friends are the ones that see you, especially at this age, day in, day out. Um, and I reached out to a particular friend, one of my best friends, who sort of... Um, listened to me but then didn't smother me came up with an action plan um sort of physically get me back in shape knowing that the physicality was the thing that I was missing more than anything and that I think that saved my life in a lot of ways he put a kind of plan in place that got me moving again and sort of made me find out who Kelly was kind of past the dancer as lame as that sounds like my purpose for getting up in the morning at that point wasn't just to be a dancer it was to be Kelly and she dances as well but that's not you know that's not who she was and sort of seeing having my friends recall that back to me was kind of what I needed to hear more than anything mm. and I'm so glad you had someone in your corner like that that was sort of supporting you with the routine because I think we've heard time and time again from um, the experts on our podcast that routine can be really helpful um, when you're struggling with mental ill health and especially during the pandemic. So time and again, they'd say, oh, yes, so what you should do is get up at the same time and eat at the same time and, you know, try and get some exercise and go to bed at the same time. And we go, oh, yes, that's a good idea. And then, you know, forget it sometimes. But actually, things like just basic sleep and basic exercise and eating fairly healthily does make a huge difference, I found. Um, so tell me how things did start to get better in terms of your mental health from that point? I mean, it sounds like you had a fantastic friend supporting you. Um, was that really the, the sort of starting point once you'd chatted with Martins and your mum? Yeah. Um, he put me on a 90-day kind of programme that started to rebuild things for me physically. So I lost all of my weight that I gained back to my normal body size, probably stronger than before. I was eating correctly, I had the schedule and I started putting more plans in place. So things started opening up again so I could start putting dance back in place. I started running a lot, um, which then I then signed up to do a marathon that um, that October um, or September, sorry, which gave me another thing to kind of look forward to. I just started putting things throughout the year that I was like, okay, I can get to this point, I can get to this point. And it gave me a purpose to sort of get out of bed in the morning on days that I didn't have other things to do. I knew that I needed to get up. I needed to make my breakfast. I needed to go and do this bit of exercise. I was doing um, a degree at the time as well. So I needed to do this essay on that day and just structure my time. So it gave me purpose to sort of exist. 
Yeah, it does sound like you had sort of quite a lot on as well. So I can see how the whole thing might have been kind of stressful. Um, what helps you these days in terms of your mental health? I think it's just enjoying things. I enjoy socialising more than before. Um, I'd never, I had like severe social anxiety. I'd never go out and really socialise with people. And since that's ended, when that got taken away, it kind of made me realise that, oh, I should be grateful for the time I have with people and sort of put more of an effort in. I've been doing more dance stuff out of love rather than out of work. Um, And just sort of, just trying to find things that make me happy. Um, Things like music, films. When the football closed, that was a big deal in my life. So going to watch football and just anything that makes me happy, just saying yes to. So now you're fundraising for the Samaritans. Could you tell us about that, please? Yeah, so I am doing the London Marathon this year. Um, I did the Brighton one last year and I sort of accidentally signed up um, to do this one and I completely forgot about it till the email came through. Um, But I wanted to do something for Samaritans. A lot of my friends have been fundraising um, within their fields and I kind of wanted to do my part and again, give me something to kind of work towards. That's fantastic. So um, how can listeners sponsor you if they want to? Um, So I have a Just Giving link. Um, It's on my social medias, which is at kellymarshall98. It's in all of my links on my bio, um, just through a Just Giving page. um, And sort of any donations would be incredible. Just trying to get as much money as I can for this sort of charity that saved my life and has helped so many others. If you've been struggling with any of the issues we've been chatting about today, please give the Samaritans a ring on 116-123. You can also find them online at samaritans.org. You can find us online. We have a Twitter account, which is at MentallyYRS. And you can also join our lovely Facebook group, which is simply called Mentally Yours. See you next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 